I'm Amber Kaufman, and I'm a singer, musician, person. <laughs> I feel kind of weird. Like, yeah. I don't know how this is going to paint me. I'm yeah. really not, I'm not crazy. I'm like, I mellowed out. Welcome to another episode of The Nostalgia Mixtape. I'm your host, Samana Shrawi, and today we have a story about youth, rebellion, and finding oneself. Amber Kaufman has had one of my favorite singing voices for a long time, and I don't think I'm alone in feeling that way. But as powerful as her singing voice is, her speaking voice is very soft. It makes you lean in a little closer so you don't miss a word, and her laughter is infectious. I never get tired of listening to her tell a story. We taped this particular episode on a sunny, breezy day in East Los Angeles. It was a little bit chilly, and I think you can hear a bit of that in the ease of our conversation. Right before we turned the mics on, she had a sort of aha moment. She hopped up, went down into her basement, and came back with a yearbook from middle school and a photo album from high school. After serving up some tea, she guided me through some of her favorite photos pointing at certain classmates, telling me their stories, reminiscing about life in Northern California, and guessing the era of certain photos based on the color of her hair. So then we bonded over the way we'd both dyed our hair as teenagers, and how the music we listened to kind of dictated who we'd end up becoming friends with. But all that to say, for many of us, our teenage years are when we try to find our boundaries. And a lot of times, we find them the hard way. Thankfully, Amber turned out all right, which is why I think you'll really enjoy this story. So, let's jump in. Good news is that we are eating la salsa chilena. It's definitely not spicy for sure. It's mild. <laughs> they do make mild, medium, and hot. This is my favorite salsa that's made in San Diego. And I've been eating it for probably the first time I had it, I was probably about 19 or wow. 20. Um, and I, I've only found it on the west side of LA. I've never seen it on the side of town, but it is so good with hava chips, which most people know by now. You're like a are. dedicated salsa, like, they should give you like some kind of steak in the company. I would love, I would love a sponsorship or a lifetime supply, anything like that. I'm open to that, so. La Salsa Chilena. If you're out there. I love you. <laughs> Alright, cool. What song did you want to talk about today? We're going to talk about Creep by TLC. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited right now. Um, (laughs) It is a classic. Can you tell me about when this takes place? Like, what year does this take place in? So, this is in the fall of 1997 in Northern California on a small suburban town called Cameron Park. Mm -hmm. It was... An El Nino year, so mm. it was 
very rainy all year and cold. And it was an interesting time, yeah. What was happening like in just pop culture in 97? Well, there were lots of uh, R&B girl groups and there was like the Fugees. It was a little, that was a little bit earlier, a couple mm-hmm. years earlier, but you know, um, groups like that. And then there was the whole sort of, I, this is just like in my, you know, 13 year old mind or whatever in my world, there was Nirvana and the grunge thing going on, Smashing Pumpkins, mm-hmm. whole, um, yeah. And it was in, in schools back then, your sort of identity was sort of one or the other. Mm-hmm. There, you know. You had to choose a side. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. You were, yeah. Not that you couldn't enjoy, you know, both sides of, of, of the music, but um, yeah, the way kids sort of congregated and dressed and who they hung out with and all of that was really determined, you know, by kind of like what music they were into. That's how, like, the cliques were formed. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Just first things that come to your head, can you rifle off, like, some songs you would have been listening to or artists you would have been listening to at that point? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. The Smashing Pumpkins song. No, I don't know. You don't? But I'm glad you told me about it because now I'm going to find out. Oh, shit. Yeah. You got to watch the video, too. This is the the video. You always knew what the videos were for Mm -hmm. a lot of these, you know. Yeah, that and probably, yeah, I mean, the entire, the score, the Fuji's record. I listen to that a lot. Um, This is going to be kind of a funny combination of songs, I think. But, um, oh, you know what? I feel like at that time, the first Creed single was on the radio a lot, which is so funny. Wow. Okay. Uh, That's fine. it's (laughs) It's not that I was listening to it, but... It was, you were hearing it. It was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know that song? Is it Will You Take Me Higher? Is it? Oh, no, no. no. Way before that. Okay. Yeah. What, what was it? It's like some, about some courtroom or something. It was like, Quarters in session. Verdict is in. Anyway, that was the... Thank you. That, that was on the radio a lot. Uh-huh. Um... What else? What else? 97, 97, 98. Such a weird time. Green Day. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Aaliyah was probably around that. That one in a million record was around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's kind good. of a wild combo. I'm just putting a mixtape together in my head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Will you tell me just uh, some of the things that you would do for fun in middle school? Like, what were, like, the things that your friends wanted to do? Hmm. When you weren't rebelling? <laughs> well, um, some kids had swimming pools, mm-hmm. and so every now and then there would be, like, a pool party. Big which deal. was always huge deal. Huge deal. So fun. It's an event. Really, yeah, mm-hmm. and they were they were pretty big too. Yeah. Be a lot of kids at some of them. Yeah, that was really like the most fun when something like that happened, you know. But otherwise, I don't know. You know, you like get dropped off at the mall with your friends, mm-hmm. or 
something like that. You know, there wasn't like a ton to do. Yeah. And how were you getting to school? Parents dropping you off, taking the bus? Yeah, a combination of both. But I took the bus a fair amount. Did you live far from school or was it a short bus ride? Um, it was probably like a 10 or 15 minute bus ride. I mean, if you drove straight there, it was a 10 or 15 minute drive to the school because it was in the next town over. It was mm-hmm. in a town called El Dorado Hills. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about your neighborhood? And like if I was riding on the bus with you, like what would that ride look like? Hmm. Well, so my neighborhood was sort of like if you were to go a little bit further east, you would start getting into like pine trees and people that had mm-hmm. ranches and horses and kind of like a rural thing. And if you went further west, it was like you'd get into some really nice suburban subdivisions and people are driving, you know, very nice cars and things like that. And then my neighborhood was sort of in between those two in a way. Um, It was parts of it were nice, you know, other parts not as nice, but it was uh, pretty quiet, you know, just like, there's a tiny airport there. It's one of the things this town is known for. Okay. Yeah, so there's like little there's like a little section of the town where people pull their airplanes into their driveways. Have like um, a lot, like a lot of like single seat double seat airplanes, mm-hmm. those tiny ones. Mm-hmm. That's like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, cool. There was a place called Cameron Park Lake, which mm-hmm. is it's actually still there, um, where you could go and do like paddle boats and you couldn't really swim. There wasn't really a swimming place, but you could go hang out. And um, there was a place called Sam's Town with, like, mm. it was, like, an old-school arcade with, like, peanuts on the ground and that sort of thing, which is pretty cool. But it really was just, like, you know, a truck stop on the way to Lake Tahoe for a lot of people. Wow. So. How would you have first heard or seen this song? Um, well, I had uh, this this album, Crazy Sexy Cool. Mm-hmm. Probably had had it for a couple of years, actually, by the time I was in eighth grade. I think I got, got that record in, in sixth grade in 90, 95, 96. But uh, I mean, I guess MTV was how I found out about a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. or the radio, you know. Would it, like, timing-wise, like... Would videos come on, like, when you got home from school? Would it be late night? Hmm. I don't remember. Probably both. I mean, I wasn't really up late at night watching TV for the most part. I don't think Mm -hmm. that would have been allowed. Mm -hmm. But um, on the weekends and after school, sure, you know. I got grounded for listening to, do you remember that 50 Cent song, P.I.M.P.? Mm. I don't know what you heard about. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. I, I was playing that, yeah. like, really loud in my room, and my mom heard the lyrics, and she was like, yeah. She was like, you're grounded from rap music for, like, a month. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And I probably would have been about the same age as you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, were your parents, like, did they have, like, uh, rules about what kind of videos you're allowed to watch or music you're allowed to listen to, or were you kind of on your own for that? Uh, my dad would try to regulate it a little bit more. Videos, it's like, you know, you can't really show certain kinds of videos on TV anyway. So um, for the most part, that was fine. I could kind of watch watch music videos. But um, I had some, like, 
albums with you know explicit content that sometimes my dad would decide that he was going to take away and I don't know and then I would end up with them again you know it was for the most part I was listening to kind of whatever that's awesome What version of Amber are we meeting? Oh boy. Uh, this is like, I was, I just turned 13 and I was sort of um, entering into a sort of rebellious streak mm-hmm. where I, I don't know, it's, I was just kind of starting to act out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I think, the summer before. My eighth grade year, does that make sense? I think that's when it would have been. I got caught uh, sneaking out and hanging out with the neighbor boy. The boy um, next door? Across the street, yeah. Um, I got got in big trouble. Do you have like a, did you have like a two-story house, one-story? What was Uh, the sneaking out process? My house was a one, this, mine was a one-story. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. This is so crazy. My, mine was a one-story house, and I would just, I would just walk uh, down. My bedroom was across from my parents' bedroom, mm-hmm. um, but I was pretty good at opening doors silently, mm-hmm. walking silently, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm still really good at it. Um, <laughs> it's you know comes in handy for different reasons as an adult, like mm-hmm. not waking children or whatever not waking your boyfriend up Mm -hmm. but yeah I would just I would walk down the hall and go out the garage so we had like a a door to the garage Mm -hmm. and then the garage had a door to outside and then there was like a gate to the front so I would just go I would usually go that way okay yeah Yeah. I was like a I never got caught sneaking out me and my friends were like I had a different situation I was in a one-story house my room was at the front of the house. So all I had to do was open the window and like pop the screen out. Mm-hmm. So that was really easy. Mm-hmm. But the house we snuck out of the most was my best friend David's house. And in high school, he decided that he had to have on his car, like one of those little like muffler tips that make it just like super loud. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so his house was super squeaky and super creaky. So it would take about an hour to go it would take maybe not an hour but it would take like 15 or 20 minutes to just to go down the stairs because like one would creak and then we would wait like five minutes and then we'd go down the next step and because his car was so loud when we finally got out of the house we would have to push it down the driveway and push it like two or three blocks down the street in the neighborhood before we started it up that is so classic that is that's, that's classic like the efforts we went through just to go to parties <laughs> oh, man yeah that's awesome um yeah anyway so I'm very familiar with the world of sneaking out but you got caught i did not with the boy but just like trying to get out uh of the house. it was it, uh, my mom went through my letters and uh, she found one about me talking about my relationship with 
<laughs> the neighbor boy. <laughs> okay. Who was quite a bit older than me, actually. So it was like, it was a big deal. Wow. Wow. This was really was like the beginning of your rebel phase. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. TLC had a big effect on, I think, most young girls at that uh, time. And the song, the video for the song is TLC sort of dancing around in these like amazing silk pajamas. And I think because of that video, it created a little bit of an obsession Mm. in young women of silk pajamas. Um, And, you know, it'd be like, you'd be talking about who has them and and girls would like lend each other their clothes too you'd be like Mm -hmm. oh can I wear that and your friend would bring it for you the next day like that sort of thing very silly cute (laughs) girl stuff but that was like really common we would like lend each other clothes and stuff so you know this is uh this is like the early part of eighth grade in, in the fall and I believe fall winter I had, you know, I'd, I'd gotten in trouble over the summer for sneaking out. Then in October, I got in trouble for what was like the mother of all of my sneaking out escapades, <laughs> which was that I decided I was going to go and take my parents' Isuzu rodeo mm-hmm. and pick my friend up and go driving around visiting our friends <laughs> at three in the morning. I don't know what made me think that I could do it, but I just got it in my head that mm-hmm. I that I could figure it out. I had never done, I'd never moved a car even like two inches oh before, gosh. so I had no idea what I was doing. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I really had no idea, but my friend was a little kind of she was a little wild and she had driven before and we were sort of we were on the phone because I had a phone in my room Mm -hmm. and um she was sort of like we were just joking about doing it and she kind of didn't think I would and so I proved her wrong I went for it I actually uh, my dad was out of town for some reason he he um he wasn't far away, but he was out of town for some work-related thing. And um, my mom was asleep, and I actually turned off all the ringers in the house. I think this might have involved, I don't remember, but it might have involved going into my mom's room while she was sleeping and turning off that ringer. Wow. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, I did that. I snuck out. I stole the car. We drove around town visiting our friends, and it ended with with a bang uh, because uh, we were driving. We were driving to what probably would have been the last person that we visited their house. We'd been in the. We've been driving around for a couple hours at this point, and um, decided that 
I wanted to drive. And so we, there was nobody on the roads. It was dark still. So we stopped just in the middle of the road and we switched drivers. Okay. And somebody was coming down the street and they saw us uh-huh. and thought it was weird. It was a man in a pickup truck, you know. And he decided to follow us. And I was driving with two feet because I didn't know that right. you're not supposed to do that. Right. And um, I panicked and I crashed the car into a jungle gym. Oh, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, no. It was terrifying. <laughs> It was pretty insane. (laughs) So, you know, they had to go and get our parents, Mm -hmm. go call them, get them, whatever. And they had to go and knock on the door of my house because all the ringers were off. Um, Were you terrified or were you so much of a rebel at that point that you're like, whatever? Oh, I was terrified. Okay. I wasn't really like a full-on fuck everybody rebel. I was mm-hmm. just, a, I just had a little bit of a wild streak, mm-hmm. you know, and I was kind of trying to figure it out. But um, I didn't, I didn't want to be in trouble, right. you know. I just wanted to have some fun. You wanted to get away with things, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get mad frustrated when I rhyme. Thinking of all them kids that try to do this for all the wrong reasons. Seasons change, mad things rearrange, but it all stays the same like the love doctor strange. I'm tame like the rapper. Get red like a snapper when they do that. Got your whole block saying true that. If only they knew that. It was you who was irregular. So they got well they went to get my mom and they went to get my friend's mom. Friend's mom took her home. My mom was so angry mm-hmm. that she said, just just take her. Like arrest her because they gave her the option oh my gosh and um in a way it's probably better that it went like this because um i think it gave my dad a chance to cool off before i came home (laughs) (laughs) i think it was probably better (laughs) but i was so freaked out i was the youngest person in you know the juvenile hall and um by far yeah i mean i think probably they it was like 15 16 17 year olds mostly in there but that's um, a big jump when you're that age it is yeah. yeah my roommate was 17 and she kept talking about how she'd been deemed like legally insane oh good she was like yeah i'm 51 50 blah 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 <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, I couldn't get out of bed. I was so depressed. I was like uh, Dumbo or something. I was like like really, really sad. But um, the girls were actually really nice to me. I think they felt like, oh, my God, like, what, what is this young, like, girl doing in here? And they were like, they were pretty nice to me. Um, I saw somebody I knew, actually, from my school. He was, he was serving the food in wow. the kitchen, yeah. and I guess he'd been in there for a while. I don't know what he did, but that was pretty crazy. I was like, <laughs> Whoa, dude! He was like, it was, like you'd go through the line, and the guy, the guys in the kitchen would be like, "Would you like this? Would you like that?" And he was like, "Would you?" 
Amber? <laughs> As I looked up, I was like, oh my God, what? It's <laughs> crazy. Um, so anyway, so that happened. I was put on probation because of what happened. A six-month probation. Wow. Where they would... I, I think they would come and like... You'd have a probation officer. They'd come and check on you, talk to you. Maybe they would drug test you mm-hmm. or something. I was never really... I never really like smoked weed or did drugs so much when I was that age, but I had a probation officer lady. Uh-huh. So the TLC thing, the silk pajamas thing, comes in later. <laughs> yeah. I apparently had not learned my lesson. Also, like when you're a kid, like going to juvenile hall and like that's like getting on probation and stuff almost gives you a little bit of cred mm-hmm. like in a funny way right because because it's like oh damn like that's that's like some serious shit it's like edgy you know kind of yeah so i guess maybe um because it was kind of fairly mild like life goes on mm-hmm. and you know the probation thing but whatever i had not learned my lesson so I decided one morning that it might be fun to take some alcohol onto the school bus mm-hmm. before, you know, on the on the ride to school. Yeah. Um, and I went into my parents' liquor cabinet, and I filled, like, a Dasani-sized, you know, water bottle, just whatever, a water bottle. It was half full of Bacardi rum mm-hmm. and half full of apple juice. There's no way this can go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be fine. to this day i can't stand the smell of this clear bacardi rum Mm -hmm. it's like disgusting to me Mm -hmm. anyway so i thought that this would be a fun funny sneaky thing to do so so i take this bottle onto the school bus and this happened to be the same day that my friend was going to bring me her purple silk pajamas Mm -hmm. so I could wear them that day. Mm -hmm. Um, Like wear them at school? At school, yeah. Is that against the dress code? No. No? We would do stuff like that a lot. Kids would get pretty wild there, you know. They were cool with it? They were pretty cool, yeah. I mean, there was a dress code, but like, you know, we had a lot of like, we had a lot of kids that were pretty, pretty like punk and Mm -hmm. bold and they would, they would, you know, we had, like, boys that would wear dresses and, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, at that time in the, like, 90s, that was kind of a bigger deal, yep. you know? But, um, yeah, we, we we probably had a dress code, but people definitely pushed the envelope as far as they could. Silk pajamas definitely counts, for sure. Silk pajamas is, like, you know, your whole body's covered. What are you going to do? True. You, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so... We were passing this this bottle around on the bus, and I mean, I wasn't really a drinker. I had no idea what my limits were yeah. or how strong that bottle was. Also, I imagine um, you're probably tiny. Yeah, yeah, I was like 105 pounds yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in the morning. I probably had like a pop tart or something for breakfast. <laughs> Lord knows. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but take this bottle, passing it around and whatnot, thinking it's so funny. And then 
think it really hit me when I got off the school bus. I practically mm-hmm. fell off the bus. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, damn. Like, and I think people, yeah, noticed. I, I'm pretty sure the bus driver probably, like, reported me okay. or something. But I get off the bus. I meet up with my friend in the spot where we had agreed. This is before texting or anything. You'd just be like, okay, meet me here before the bell. And, like, you would... Had to be there. Yeah. I, she hands off the purple silk pajamas that were two sizes too big for me. Um, and I head into the bathroom to change before I go to class. And I'm, I put on these pajamas and I'm like kind of drunk. So I mm-hmm. am like sitting on the, the bathroom like tile floor. Like while you're putting them on. Yeah. yeah. And in walks the principal. <laughs> And <laughs> I was busted. Yeah. Completely busted. <laughs> probably smelled like a bottle of rum. Like. I probably did. I probably did. Yeah. I got in a lot of trouble. It was not good. It was not good. And then I didn't, you know, after that, there were no more, there were no more big things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't, uh. Because that was a, a violation of probation, mm-hmm. which meant I had to go to court and be have be punished oh my for violating that, and they put me on house arrest. Oh my god! It was pretty crazy. It's funny because I think like I think it's interesting. Like I was not headed for a life of crime. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was headed for like real big trouble because i wasn't i wasn't like destructive right you know i was just kind of like i was like pushing some buttons you know but it wasn't uh, i wasn't as destructive as some kids that i knew were you know because i knew kids that really did get screwed and they spent lots of years going in and out of the system and you know getting in trouble and stuff but I don't think I was ever really in danger of that, but nonetheless, they put me on house arrest. For how long? For two months. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then I had to do this thing called work project, which is sort of a more harsh community service Mm -hmm. where you're doing, like, you know, yard work. It's supposed to be hard labor. You know, we would go to, like, a park and clean up. I don't know, leaves and stuff. What were you wearing Um, when you cleaned up the park? (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure they gave us a vest, you know. I don't know. I have a vague memory of my dad taking me there and dropping me off. Oh, God. My poor parents. My poor dad. (laughs) Ugh, yeah. So, yeah. There you have it. Wow, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for telling that story. (laughs) Yeah, it's um. pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
I loved TLC so much. Um, that record in particular was just, I was obsessed with them. Every, everybody was, you know. Mm-hmm. So I missed, I missed the days of, of the, the R&B girl group. Those were some special, special years. Maybe it'll come back. Yeah, I hope so. That'll be cool. I'll be down with that. Yeah, or something new, you know. I feel like like a few years after that, it was probably two years after that that Britney Spears came out, mm-hmm. and then from there, and like you know, in sync and stuff like that, and that sort of was a turning point. I think. Were you listening to them? I was not. I okay. I was not not convinced. So when you got to high school, what was like? What were you listening to then? I think, you know, it's actually interesting. I think that eighth grade into into high school marked my shift towards listening to a lot more rock mm-hmm. music because before that, for my entire childhood, it was like, it was only, you know, Whitney Houston, Mariah, wow. all these girl groups. Yeah, I think I think like around the middle of eighth grade, I started to shift more towards listening to rock music. My freshman year, I'm trying to think if this is right. I think it was like in the middle of my freshman year, I started going to local like hardcore shows. And then there was a period of time in like late ninth grade, early 10th grade where that was the only music. Like everything else was, you know, I don't know sell out is this there's you know there's that whole there's that whole period of time when like if you made if you made any music that was remotely catchy it was, it was selling out yeah. <laughs> yes you know so um yeah that was oh. that was it okay <laughs> i went through yeah i went through a lot of phases oh but you know what now that i think about it this is what happened mm-hmm. the the house arrest thing happened Mm-hmm. which it meant that I wasn't allowed to leave the premises of my house except to go to school or church. Mm-hmm. So I was not allowed to go, to, say, to, like, the grocery store with my parents. Doesn't matter. Couldn't like, even do that, yeah. No. So I started going to church a lot. Wow. Um, because it was, like, a scene, you know? Like, right. youth group was, like, you sit around with a bunch of friends and you guys, everybody, like, you know, talks about what they feel guilty about or their feelings. And yeah. it was such a funny mixture of kids. Cause it was like, it was like the pastor's kids. And then it was like the like white, like wannabe gangster kids uh, that were a little older. And yeah. they were like, you know, they were like the kind of kids that were always just like getting high all the time and getting, you know, fucked up. And then mm-hmm. they'd like come to youth group and mm-hmm. kind of confess it all. Or, you know, just like blow off their guilt steam or whatever yeah and then there was like me and such a funny time but I did eventually in ninth grade I went through a short like phase where I kind of bought into it wow yeah what made you snap out of it I don't know exactly I think I just um I'm not sure it's very weird I don't know what made me snap out of it. I think I just, I think I just didn't believe it anymore. Mm. 
or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's not really a, any like deciding moment that I, you know, remember that, that was like an awakening. But there were lots of youth groups in this town all over the, the area that mm-hmm. you could go to. And some of them had like a punk band or something like that. So really it like was Christian punk or whatever. Sure. Yeah. 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 So it was really more of a, a social thing than mm-hmm. anything. You know, then, yeah, I think at the end of that year, I had already kind of left that behind and started going to these show local shows to see Mm -hmm. local bands and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Later in high school, my friend Haley Diekel, who she was she was actually in Dirty Projectors and, you know, she Mm -hmm. was she's we've done a lot of stuff together, but. We met in high school. Oh, okay, okay. And we used to meet, we would meet each other halfway, as we would call it. We'd meet halfway between our houses, mm-hmm. and then we'd walk to the Circle K gas station mm-hmm. and just kind of like Loiter. buy <laughs> Pop Rocks and like kick around and check out the, the scene at this gas. It was like a gas station, and there's a Taco Bell, and there's like a pizza place, and mm-hmm. just kind of a random little strip mall zone, but... So when you were getting around, you were, you weren't biking. You were walking, or you were doing. We both? would walk. Yeah. You, walk. you were yeah. a walker. Yeah, I didn't okay. really get around on a bike too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have one, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's so different now. I've have been back and I've seen it, and mm-hmm. it looks so different. But um, I lived, I lived in a little court, and I'm trying to think how I can describe. I mean, the houses are just like. You know, they were probably built in the 80s or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, they're just kind of like boring looking suburban houses. They're fine. Um, okay. Some of them are very nice and the others are kind of more modest. A lot of trees, little trees. There's trees, yeah. There's a fair amount of trees, like oak trees and maybe some pine trees here and there. We were kind mm-hmm. of in the, like I was saying, we were sort of... Um, before you get, we were on the way to Lake Tahoe Mm -hmm. and we were sort of before you get into the rural area that, Mm -hmm. that you drive through. So we did have some pine trees, but we were a little bit more scrubs and, you know, we had, we had big oak trees and things like that though. Mm -hmm. So to walk to the Circle K, I would leave my house and walk up a street and turn down another kind of busier street and we would meet up at the the beginning of this field mm-hmm. and it this was like a big open grassy lot i'm talking about like the the dry golden california grass yep. you know yep. and that was sort of a shortcut you could just cut straight through there and walk to this gas station. Mm-hmm. And it was like, instead of going like way, way up this road and going around, which now it's all been built out. The field yeah. is not there anymore. But yeah, that was, well, that was it. Okay. <laughs> Last question for you. Do you believe that people can change their stars, that you can change your own destiny? Hmm. And tell me why. Um, well, I don't know if there's a, there's a destiny, you Mm -hmm. know, I think, um, 
you can definitely change what you the decisions that you make determine you know where you end up and what ends up happening you know mm. and there's there are things like factors that are out of your control that certainly affect you i mean i i won't pretend to say that like we all have the same opportunity because it's so much harder for some people than it is for others mm -hmm. um but we absolutely have a choice you know mm -hmm. and yeah i mean yeah i think how you how you decide to spend your time and what you decide to do that's how that's where you end up so mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice one. Do you? Yeah, I totally do. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've both probably done that at different points in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think instincts are very important. And it's really important to know, to trust your instincts and to know how to how to listen to them and follow them. I agree. Intuition is really important. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have some friends who would say, and I agree, that it's usually better to listen to a woman's intuition than a man's <laughs> intuition. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I have to give credit to, you know, I think that your intuition and your instinct is super important, but sometimes you have to be careful not to be governed too much by your emotions. Mm -hmm. And I do give credit to, like, thinking things through and being logical, but I think it needs to be kind of a balance between the two. Mm -hmm. So... Hey, thank you for telling your story. Yeah, for sure. It was fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of weird. Like, yeah. I don't know how this is going to paint me. I'm yeah. really not, I'm not crazy. I'm like, I mellowed out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were really young when the story happens. Yeah. You change a lot. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. We all have. That was the end of my rebel face. Yeah. 13. You went out like in a ball of fire. Yeah, I did. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. My poor dad. Sorry, dad. Sorry, pop. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you just wish you could have been there with Amber helping her get into and out of some of that trouble? Um, if I was there, I totally would have created some kind of diversion so the principal wouldn't have walked into that bathroom and found her. But also, the image of drunk 13-year-old Amber sitting on the floor of a middle school bathroom in silk pajamas is kind of hilarious. And also, I want to say that my sister, Elise, when she first started driving, tried to drive with both of her feet the first few times behind the wheel, and she scared the hell out of my parents and me. She drives with one foot now, don't worry. Anyway, I really need to thank Amber one more time for telling that story because she was feeling a bit nervous about it beforehand, and she wondered how people's perception of her might change after hearing the story. But I think... Most of us out there went through some kind of rebellious phase in our teenage years, and in that way, her story is more relatable than not. So thank you, Amber, for letting us meet Teenage You. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for tuning in to the Nostalgia Mixtape. 
I'm your host, Samantha Shrawi. This podcast, as always, is produced by Jason Crow. Catch you next time. I haven't been the same since you went to me.